synced. Get used to it. We got some new equipment, but first and foremost, welcome to Minefields. My name is Joshua Michael. This is Mr. Tony Morales. Good day to you, sir. Blessings upon your alley. Oh, well, uh, honestly, I actually uh, got some uh, top shelf for tonight because we have some amazing news. Uh, we are officially new venue savvy, new venue solid. We will be at the, it's the historic. Castle. The monumental Castle Event Center in Thornton, California. I am drinking and I just realized. Colorado. Colorado. We live in Colorado. We live in Colorado. Not California. Got some top shelf. That was number nine. That was number nine. Hey, here's number here's number eight. This is some top shelf Colorado bourbon cider dick. Cheers. Does that count as one? No, it's literally the name brand. It's delicious. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Anyone knows what cider dick would be you. And so <laughs> Yeah, I regretted it immediately, but that <laughs> we were already there. Um New Era is back March 11th. March 11th. 11th. Uh, the 11th. Freaking beer. Coming back, coming back strong. We'll hopefully have a, uh, hopefully next issue we'll have the, uh, Karski. our main event planned out. We're waiting for some confirmation. So once we get that, we will, uh, let you know. Yeah. I know you're already working on the card with, uh, other owner, we just don't, don't know how much kayfabe he wants for us to have for uh, minefields. But if he's ever cool with it, we'll say his name. We probably said it that's true before, but um, we have, we have Jeff. He's cool. He's awesome. Yeah. Don't forget Blockbuster every he's Saturday great, night. He's got great hair. He is amazing here. But uh, I, I say, uh, second uh, order of business is to raise a glass to Miss Stephanie McMahon. Clinkity clink. Cheers. Some cider dick to you, you trash bag hoe. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I'm pretty sure that's one. Oh, uh, I believe. My grandmother. I believe I might be a little bit in the negative after all this cool new equipment that we're getting. Uh, I, I say I get two more. I didn't ask for it. Just because you were in the giving mood in the holiday season, that's on you. <laughs> oh no! It was just to get a boiler. It was just to get a boiler clean. Can't have that that cloud of debt hanging over me. Just had to get you some cool new equipment, man. I was like thirty bucks away from Daredevil number one. So <laughs> I'm not counting. Correct. I mean, if we'd have actually I gone to twenty, I believe, I believe the actual quote was like twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, I believe that's that's correct, but. Uh, I watched a bunch of stuff stuff today, man, and it was just, I mean, we didn't know what we had. I honestly couldn't stand her. I liked I her. really, like, as a, uh, I liked her GM stuff, freaking, she was actually the reason, the first reason I stopped watching WWE, because they got so sick and tired of her promos in about 2014-ish. Oh, I was already but out. I mean, freaking... Uh, but I mean, in all honesty, freaking, you know, as much as I didn't like her as an on-air character, you know, could definitely respect what she brought to the behind the scenes. Correct. 
And, you know, from everything I've heard, she's very well respected by, you know, her peers and, you know, the people that work under her. Employees, everybody. And so, for again, Well, yeah. we're not no, going to. Honestly, here's two her, man. Here, one more. <laughs> for left and right. It's true. She'd be cool with that. We're not going to speculate why she's gone. That would be disrespectful. We were not there. Uh, even if, like, we had, you know, been a fly on the wall in the room and, you know, you know, the secret microphone, I, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with any of it reporting it because, I mean, the rag sheets, I, I feel dirty even just, like, typing in the name sometimes just because I want to see what might be happening. But we weren't there. Uh, very, and, and, and this is to your credit. I mean, like, you know, I, I'm professionally trained for journalism i've been a journalist journalist since 2004 uh you're professionally trained as a wrestler uh but it's nice to see that a little bit has rubbed i'm going to give myself a little bit of credit a little bit of uh things that we've talked about behind the scenes of what we haven't had not said uh because we have said we could have said a lot of stuff on the show uh from yeah, we we've definitely had words off uh, off air about heated words like like, like, like speculation you were, and the rumors. Yeah, and, and and not just you know with speculation rumors, but like with what's actually going on here in Colorado. But you and I have taken the high road, and uh, I really appreciated your uh, input when it came to like yeah, we're not talking about anything that uh, I'm not even gonna mention it because of you. Thank you. You're not there. Screw that guy, but. <laughs> right and uh Screw I, that guy and what i honestly want to like hammer home for my own opinion you know i mentioned trash bag home because i just you know love the old school gimmicks and uh okay that's two just to stay abuela conscious and accountable i was actually gonna give you that one and accountable yeah but, i was gonna count that as the same one but i, I really respect the woman and i wish the best for her and whatever decision she landed on. I hope that it wasn't as painful to get to that point and whatever happens afterwards is even greater than what she's worked on and more power to her. And that's all I got. But thank you for that input guys. Just sometimes you got to listen to your bro. Shut the hell up. Yeah. Freaking, you know, freaking we've all, all heard the, you know, we all, we can clarify Vincent man is back. He is the, Executive chair of WWE again, and we'll see, you know, we will see where that leads. Yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all shaking in our boots. Definitely, uh, de- oh, it's definitely gonna be interesting. Huh. You know, freaking, you know, we've heard as to why he's coming back to sell the company, whether that is actually his intent or whether that was his way to get back in without stockholder prices dropping. You know, don't know. But, uh, you know, they put out a thing saying nothing's going to change. I... No, hardly disagree. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. I'm going for it. I'm, I'm calling bullshit. Things are going to change. I'm taking I'm taking the L on that one. Things are going to change. I don't know how they're going to change, but things are definitely going to change because... You can't. Kevin is what it is. Situation. You can't threaten can't people. Change. You can't threaten people with such such drastic change, not just within the rumors or even the rag sheets, but within like 
actual like news sites uh, that are following things and everyone knows that a lot of the wrestlers are shaking you can't threaten them with such discord that things wouldn't change yeah well that's the thing I mean even even if you know the rumors of the sale aren't true that doesn't mean like even if everything's still if they'll they still own it and they're still gonna be the board and all that. I mean, Vince's mere presence on that board dictates things will change, just to some extent. This is the whole reason he's there. What that actually means, if that means anything on, on the on-screen product, or if that just means behind the scenes, that's you know, anything we say is gonna be speculation. But I can, I can. It's gonna change. Pretty. Pretty much say that something, you know, something at some level is going to change, and stuff already has changed as far as you know Stephanie's resignation, whether that directly has to do with Vince or not. It's there's already changes happening. At, at the so most, it's going to definitely be interesting to see. We're you know about you know six months ago when you know Vince retired and Triple H and Stephanie took over with Nick Khan. Um, I made it a point to be like, give it a year, and that way we'll know exactly how everything has fallen. Because you know they made a big deal to be like, oh, we're bringing back this this person and this person and this person, and I was like, that's in my mind, it was like that's great, but in all honesty, that's window dressing. Huh. That is, hey, look, looky, looky, what I can do. It's not actual change. It's a fresh you know, coat. I can honestly say I. Yeah, a fresh coat of paint on a know, beater. You know. it's still a it's yeah. still an '82 Honda, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. It's and and this is uh, once yeah. again one of those times where Mr. Tony Morales have, might know a little bit better on the subject because he's training it about twenty years in the business. I mean, like you're not always right, though. I mean, like you you're the one that introduced me to Jenny. No, no. <laughs> Number four. No. Oh no! That's, yeah, that's like I said, number seven uh, or number eight, whichever I said. This is my intervention, guys. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a new running gag. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah, it's freaking. You know, you're never. No one's ever gonna be hundred percent right. It's freaking things change on a dime anyway. But even even so, it's just it's it's. I don't want to say common sense per se, but yeah, I mean, you can't you can't be like, oh hey, two weeks in. Oh, this is amazing. Of course it's amazing. It's two weeks in. It's different. Yeah. Anything different, you know, is going to be instantly taken well or taken poorly. Correct. And that's, you know, you got to get, get past that honeymoon phase, like any, you know, relationship, basically. Like cupcake Before phase. you, you know, realize, you know, once you get to the, you know, 10 years down the road, two kids, a, a dog and a white picket fence, you know. You're not you're not going to be in that honeymoon phase anymore. It is what it is. You can still be happy. You can still be great. You'll love love your significant other and all that, and everything's great. But it's not going to be what it was in that first two weeks. No, just not going to be. It, it is what it is. <laughs> it's going to be different. It can be better, but it's not going to be what it was. It's such a defeating thing to say. It is what it is because. Uh, of all the cli- I, I hate cliches, but one of the cliches that, even though I, I don't like it, 
it still has a solid resonance. You really got to be scared of a person mm-hmm. that can say it is what it is because they've been burned. They know the f- they can see the future. There, there's an old Nine Inch Nails lyric uh, from With Teeth. Um, uh, was it, was it with, no, it wasn't With Teeth. It was from Year Zero. Uh, I, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, the song's called... Uh, I don't even remember the name. Uh, the lyric is, uh, I believe I can see the future. I believe I can see the future because I repeat the same routine. Writing's on the wall. Yeah. You've got all these people that are able to say it is what it is. You've got a problem. You've got a problem because they're not scared of getting hurt because they've already been hurt and know what to do afterwards. I mean, this isn't the first time. I mean, let's say worse comes to worse. This isn't the first time all these guys got fired or gimmick yeah. changed. Like, like they, they these like uh, I love talking to established westerners because you can tell that they've they've got money saved they're not living above certain means of the certain i'm not only talking about small demographic but like you get what i'm saying um but yeah when it comes to like uh the like just to wrap it up because this is all i have for it is the 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 most base metaphor or analogy you want to land on when it comes to vince being back is i remember for the past couple of years, uh, every time I go to my folks' home and I'm grilling some burgers or some steaks, uh, at Christmas time we were grilling some steaks. And I've been grilling okay. steaks for the past couple of years. But for some reason, my dad wanted to come out and help me grill steaks. And everything I was doing was wrong. Ah, uh, that sucks. And every and he wanted them the old school way that he used to grill them. And mm-hmm. am I arguing with the old man? Absolutely not. Bit my tongue. It is what it is. Yep. And we're gonna have steaks the way he wants them. And there ain't a damn thing I can do about it. That's number three for me. You've got a one ski. I had three to one. Three to one. Three to one. We got a. Uh, we we haven't landed. Uh, are you? Uh, you got anything more for that, brother? No, I think we're good, man. I think it's like I said. I think it's we're in a wait and see period as far as what's going to happen next. You know, um, no, we're, we just got yeah. We just got to wait and see. It could be, you know, if it's true and freaking they're going to sell then they're going to sell if it's not true then Vince freaking bought himself away back into WWE if he was ever really gone you know that's, that's another thing right but uh, we'll see what we got to wait and see what happens Tony in charge still can't figure out the name for the gimmick of when you write about stuff we had some ideas earlier and they were all wrong I'm just going straight 80s. You're not Charles in charge. Is uh, Tony in charge? That's a horrible idea. Tony's the boss. No. That's not who's the boss. The Tony team. Tony team. No. You don't like the different, A-teams. You different like Tonys? Miami Tony? I'm not a big Florida guy. It's really hot. <laughs> Tony Strokes! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> different Tonys. I've got a... 
I've got a heart condition. <laughs> I can't call it 20 strokes. Sheesh. 10 is enough, Full Tony. Tony. 10, is, 10 is enough, Tony. Full Tony. Tony matters. Magnum Tony? That's not too bad. But it has to be like Magnum Tony. Got to like separate the toe and the knee. Dax might have a problem with that. I know, um, I got it. Mr. Colorado Wrestling. <laughs> no, I'll have, wrestler, I'll have other wrestlers' wives contacting me being mad. Um, hmm. Whole thing. Jeebus. Punky Tony. My dog's name was Punky back in the day. I love that dog. Sounds like a cool dog. My Two Tonys. No. <laughs> Whole new context no. now. No, yeah, it's weird. I'm I'm pulling some obscurities out of here, man. Yeah. Full Tony, but Wait, nonetheless, want to go nineties? Full Tony. Tony matters. I already said that one. Where do I said those? Freaking, uh, what was the other one? Step by step, Tony by Tony. Tony by Tony, I dig that. I'll think about it. Put that in the maybe pile. It's in the maybe pile. But, this is, but, but, we, but nonetheless, what, what's the other thing we are working on? We are working on you are driving because you need to go to your comic stores. You are excited about wrestling, the professional sport of kings and queens and whatever else in between that you want to call it. But there are some matches out there that matter, and Mr. Tony Morales, I'm gonna let you take point on this because this is uh, this is your baby on this one, man. Like uh, we're not, are we gonna talk about cool matches? Probably. Are we gonna tell you that how good Hell in the Cell was? No. There are other things that I don't know. Matter. There's definitely, there's definitely good. There's good ones. I, I think we could definitely touch those on, get touch on those eventually. But well, give us. You know, the I think beta really introduction. The big thing is we want to. We're still working on the title. Beta introduction, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. How, how do you want this, this? Is this? Yeah, is, the, whole, the whole concept is we're taking interesting matches that people might not look upon at first glance as interesting, and we're gonna break them down and see why these matches work. And, you know, the, the plan is to really kind of dig into things that we really like and possibly at times dig into things we don't like so much, but try to find the value in them. Whereas, you know, somebody, you know, the whole concept of wrestling is that I believe personally is there should be something for everybody just because you don't care for something doesn't mean that it. Is it doesn't work or it's not liked by other people. Correct. But just not your personal cup of tea. You know, I think we we kind of went into it last week a little bit talking about the Josh Alexander Mike Bailey match. You know, I'm not I'm, I personally am not the biggest Mike Bailey fan as far as his style. Congrats to Bailey I by the way. Him for, Real quick, congrats to Speedball, winner of the Battle of Los Angeles. Love you, brother. Thanks Battle for being Angeles, on the show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I respect him as an athlete, respect him as a professional wrestler, but, uh, just his, his, you know, his style doesn't work for me. 
not, you know, nothing, you know, nothing more, nothing less. You know, Adam Cole's another one that I don't, I don't get the hype behind, but, um, you know, he did, uh, he was on AEW tonight. So I'm not going to go into more spoilers since Josh hasn't actually seen it yet, but Adam Cole does make a physical appearance on the show. I get off work a little um, bit later than, than Mr. Morales does. I watch it in the morning. Yeah. But uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, you know, Adam Cole, again, another guy, you know, but, you know, just isn't isn't my cup of tea. You know, no more, no less. You know, just, you know, you like who you like, you don't like who you don't like. But it is interesting. And I agree, 100%. And, and, and it is interesting to be able to talk as a professional about a, uh, a match that might not be your favorite to be able to find the value out of it. Um, like, when we started talking about doing match breakdowns, I had to warn you, like, that um, it was... I, I re-warned you that, you know, back when we when you first joined Minefields, that I liked the ridiculous. Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be able to see a technical wrestling match that is like apparently the best thing that's ever happened uh, since sliced bread or uh, you know salt on your on your eggs or whatever you want to call it, but it might not be my my gimmick because I what I want to see is the you know the freaking weapons of mass destruction match from Lucha Underground uh, with Killshot mm-hmm. and uh, Marty the Moth. Does that have very much value? Probably not. It's a completely ridiculous thing um but like um we might do that i might tell you why i like it and i would love to hear why i am wrong i I would love to hear about anything that is going on and and i'd like to hear any surprises you particularly have that you didn't realize that might have been a really good like concept or move or uh psychology that you might not have noticed because i kind of put you on the spot and then you were forced to like recognize it. I mean, like I'm not I'm not a Beatles fan. I'm not mm-hmm. an Elvis fan. Do I think they suck? No. I know that's quality music. I've heard most of their music. Not my cup of tea. I'm a Nine Inch Nails guy. I'm a Tool guy. I'm a Deftones yeah. guy. But that's but I'm not gonna crap on anyone that's like, ooh, Elvis is my favorite person. No, I'm I'm happy you have an Elvis. I'm happy you like Roman Reigns. Uh, even back in the day when like Roman was like winning every match and it was just making everyone just like completely livid. Um, if I met someone that was in the Roman, awesome. I'm glad you're in the Roman. I'm glad Roman exists for you. Like, uh, congratulations, universe. Another pro wrestling fan. That's really all we need. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, oh, you're not wrong. Freaking. Just to, just throw you on the spot right now, S's and G's. Sure. Um, if you had to pick one match, what's your favorite match of all time? My favorite match of all time is El Generico versus Kevin Steen, the ladder match. Ladder War, Ring of Honor, twenty twelve, maybe. Uh, the one where he he uh, pop up power bombs Generico through the top ladder and they break the top one and land on the second one and fight until that one breaks and then they they're fighting on the third. That was Ring of Honor, wasn't it? I would assume as much. I know they had the famous ladder war match and I know uh, somebody on you. Uh, I think freaking um, one of the guys at Wrestle Talk actually brought it up last week. They were talking about reviewing a match in. Final Battle 2012, and it was 
Steen and Generico in a ladder war. I'm pretty sure that would be the that's, same match, but I'm not. That that's it. Hundred percent positive that that that's it, man. Okay. Um, it's funny you said that because I I actually uh, was thinking about that on a like work break the other day. If like someone put a gun to my head, who's my favorite band? Nationals. Which favorite match? And then like Generico Steen, like that was like. The, the the gimmicks that they don't use no more uh, with Steen or uh, Owens, uh, however you want to call them, uh, that Iron Man match with Dean Ambrose, he's setting up all those mm-hmm. tables. And in my mind, I know that the rest of the crowd that isn't as, I don't want to say educated, but as savvy in pro wrestling, or indie wrestling actually, um, doesn't know that Kevin Steen is not setting up all those tables to put Ambrose through. He's taking that bump. <laughs> he's taking yeah. that. He's taking that bump. And like, so my mind's going crazy like that. Like, like, you know, Skinner, like 10 minutes solo, like, um, reverse tables, gun to your head, favorite match. Oh, easy. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio, WCW, Halloween Havoc, 1997, Cruiserweight title versus mask match. Greatest match of all time. That's awesome, man. I have seen that. I've only seen yeah, it once. Yeah, mine's, mine's a very a very generic answer, but I love that match. That is another thing I'm no. glad you brought up. That is not something I ever want to hear in minefields. Not that you like violated a rule you didn't know that existed. But just because it is a popular match does not mean it's generic and doesn't mean it doesn't have value. Like, like that's... that's I know, it's just an amazing match. Eddie Guerrero is all things to all people. Yeah, all things to all people. He's the Selena of wrestling. Yeah, two, two people you can't make... You can't uh, talk down to to any Hispanic person. Under, Selena and Eddie Guerrero. Under no circumstance. I mean, if you want to die, that's fine. Um, we'll, we'll help you out. But, um, freaking, like, what I mentioned earlier, like, we're not going to immediately rush back if we're going to do Hell in a Cell. You know, like, Mankind, Undertaker. Um, we're going to try to find some meat and potatoes, but that doesn't mean that if there's some mainstream match, am I going to, am I going to hate on you because you, you're, you're, I mean, like, remember one of the first time I got your car, like, it was going through your CDs and you had Everclear and, like, you had gems that were... Uh, what I would assume that people who really knew heavy metal would think are just like you know pop, you know garbage because it's really popular and everyone knows it. But under no circumstances are we at Minefields going to ever make any of you feel that way that one of your favorite matches because it's really mainstream doesn't have value. Then I'm glad you picked that. I mean, obviously you're correct, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's great match all time. <laughs> But yeah, no, man, freaking, uh, you know, there, there's definitely some uh, interesting stuff. And I think, like I said, I think we can pick some obvious answers and some not so obvious answers. I agree. And really kind uh, of make a go of it. Well, uh, give us what we're doing first in the beta test uh, and tell us why. Yeah, no, we're going to go with uh, actually last week on, I believe, Dynamite. We have the acclaimed. Um, current AEW World Tag Team Champions. And we have them taking on the team of uh, Team TNA, as they say, uh, Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff Jarrett. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent 
of Jeff Jarrett for several reasons, but I think he is. You know, he call, they're calling him the last outlaw right now, and really, he's kind of one of the last true great heels. Save it for the save it for the simulcast, because um, what we're doing, we haven't flat okay. out said. We're doing a simulcast of a match. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, we've got a new format coming up uh, next week uh, for all the formats, YouTube. We're probably going to have to get a Twitter. Well, we have a Twitter already. Um, Twitch we, is what you meant. Yeah, Twitch. Um, we have one. We're going to start doing stuff on that, too, so you can uh, hang out with us while we're chilling and not just listen. Um, but uh, simulcast. I can't even do video games anymore. I just beat, I just beat freaking... Uh... Spider-Man Miles Morales today, so now I'm done with video games for the next year. That's awesome, man. That's a killer game, man. I love it. Dude, this is tremendous. The last video game I beat was Path of Neo in, like, I want to say 2005. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I got 100%ed both Spider-Man games. So. Oh, you 100%ed. That's awesome. That's good way for Spider-Man. But we're doing... Yeah, freaking all the side stuff, blah, blah, blah. We're doing simulcast. You're going to be able to hear the match. Um... We're going to figure out a way to show it without us getting canceled. Um, but uh, we want you to be able to uh, hear why the match is good, uh, both technically, uh, both uh, why we both popped, uh, breaking down psychology, breaking down the writing, uh, which is obviously why you're listening to the minefields in the first place, because that's you're walking through minefields. Uh, but we're about to go into it. Uh, tell us the match. Yeah, like I said, it was a... Uh... Yeah, you just said it. Freaking Sorry. Dynamite Sorry. last week, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett versus Eve yep. Lamed. My bad. World Tag Team Championship match. Just getting into something new. So, getting beta test, guys. So, what I'm going to do is it's going to be better sound quality on the next one uh, when I figure out how to get us to listen to the same thing at the same time. But what I'm going to do is unplug his uh, audio feed that's coming out of my computer going straight into my Zoom recorder for you to hear him. And me at the same time and the match. So let's uh, do a quick beta test. Test, test, test. Say something, brother. Something, brother. Something, brother. All right. Pulling up the match. So uh, if you guys uh, want to make sure you're going to watch along, just uh, go to YouTube, type in Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett. Have heard enough. And... Sharing screen. Can you can you hear me? Cause yeah, you can hear me. I can hear you. You can see. I love the scissors, man. Become the acclaimed, or possibly the most overact, homegrown act in all the wrestling right now. The Brady Grinder thing was hilarious. Uh, like I feel like they they made they had they made that up like two days beforehand. Right off the bat, we see them getting jumped by their opposition, including Sanjay Dutt and Sam Singh. 
This little guy just annoys the hell out of me, man. Like, it just, he, 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 he doesn't have the... fact that both Billy Gunn and Jeff Jarrett look better than 90% of rosters anywhere right now. Oh, I agree, but these little guys don't have the presence of J&J. So I'm a little spoiled. How do you feel? Taking one for the team. How do you feel about the attack right away? Would you rather them come in like clean? No, it's brilliant because it's something that you know not everybody's doing. You know, freaking. You know, like I was saying before, uh, Jeff Jarrett's one of the last great heels. You know, he's not one of these guys going out here with trying to get his catchphrase over or trying to sell merchandise. He's going out here trying to get people to fight him. You know, we saw that when he when he came out at uh, Ric Flair's last match, where him and Jay Lethal tagged against Ric Flair and Andrade, and people are you know ready to jump the freaking barricades to punch this fifty year old man who's you know probably somebody's grandfather, but gets it better than nine tenths of wrestlers these days because everybody's you know too busy trying to be cute and get people to. You know, recite their catchphrases instead of, you know, trying actually, to be able to actually hate them. Actually, or actually work. Now, help me out here when it comes to your idea that... Go go more into the idea that he's one of the, tr- the truest heels. I mean, because this was, this was a fast little match he had. I mean, you, you, we picked something short, something sweet, or did, did I download the wrong thing and it should be eight minutes long and I'm only, we're only watching two minutes? Did I download the abridged version? I don't know what you did. Yeah, I don't think this is. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This stop. isn't the whole match. That's for sure. I'm stopping the recording. Recording. All right, we're back. All right. Got a. We were doing a beta test on something for next uh, episode or for every episode. It did not go as well as we thought it would. So, we figured out the bugs, <laughs> and now we're back about thirty minutes later. I had some. Back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing board. We figured it out, but uh, you'll enjoy it next week. But uh, time for what's in the box. Your turn. Yeah, we got a freaking the tried and true. When worse comes to worse, you go back to what you know. What we know is what's in the box. What's in the box? All the juiciest things of our collections. This is true. This is true. And this one does not disappoint. Freaking, uh... Like, we were talking earlier about our favorite matches, and I'll sometimes it's like, oh, you know, you don't, I'll kind of, you know, you're not, you're into it, but it's like, oh, everybody else is into it, so it's not as cool. Like, when I was growing up, you know, I, you know, while I, I liked Gambit, you know, I didn't care for Wolverine so much because he was everywhere in the early 90s. Yeah, he got spread out, man. Yeah, so I definitely appreciate him more now. But uh, this week on What's in the Box, I am pulling out issue one, which I just received. 
of the Wolverine Limited series. Oh, that's beautiful. Frank Miller and um, uh, Chris Claremont. Yeah. The uh, original uh, story of this was them in traffic. And the problem was is that there was traffic and they had plenty of time to start talking about crap. And uh, how about a Wolverine Limited series? Well, what, what would we do with it? How about old school Japan honor? Sign me up said Mr. Frank Miller. <laughs> and uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is where we get the classic uh, Golden Brown. I'm not sure if it's where it first appears, but he's definitely in it in the in the series. It's the origin. But I actually was able to find issue one offline, but I was able to find issues two through four at the local flea market last weekend. Oh, those are gorgeous. So definitely... Uh, Made made it a point to get issue one as soon as I realized that two, three, and four could easily be obtained. I feel like I made this happen with my mind because I was thinking about Wolverine today and about what books you and I have not really like gone over about what are our grails, and those are some of them. And now you got them. Hell yeah. Happy for you, man. Those are yeah. those are great. Uh, what would you call them? Mini grails? I don't know. Um... Some people. I don't know. It's definitely cool. It's definitely cool to have. Like it's the first Wolverine limited series. Freaking, you know, it's not. You know, I haven't gotten too far into the. Uh, I've got a couple books from the, you know, the actual ongoing Wolverine series from back in the nineties. But I haven't really. I, I think I probably have a total of maybe five, and most of them are coinciding with events. You know, like Fatal Attraction. Oh yeah. No shame in that. And, uh, I think I've got one that was from the uh, the Phalanx Covenant. Yeah, yeah. There's the I think. Oh. Yeah, that was like uh, only a couple issues later after seventy five. Uh, no shame yeah, it was in like that. Seventy five and then eighty four, maybe. Could be wrong about that. I'll look it up while you're talking, man. Like, uh, tell me what you like about the books, man. No, it's just it's the 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 cover art's tremendous in all four of them. I haven't gotten a chance to sit down and read them yet but i'm definitely looking forward to doing that probably probably tomorrow in all honesty they definitely want to get these ones read as quickly as possible and then you know go from there see what uh what comes up on the hunt next well uh so what do you what do you got going on in the uh what's in the box before we get too far uh you're correct wolverine 5 family's covenant uh so 10 issues right. later um okay uh was thinking about uh, resubscribing uh, for Minefield's purposes to the um, Marvel app. Not too sure how keen on you are you on uh, actually reading the books, the physical ones, especially your cherries. Mm -hmm. um, no. but, but if uh, you want to keep those in the in the bags, um, I'll, I'll resubscribe for you, man. Uh, they're definitely on there. It's up to oh, you. Nice. It's up to you. Um, the the only reason I bring it up, I mean, obviously you want to read the originals, but there is a stark difference from the recolor, well, not the recolorization, but they're using the original files for the colors. Um, oh, okay. So, so sometimes, like, you're seeing something the way it should have been presented, but they simply didn't have the printing press capabilities at the time to make it look exactly the way the colorist or the inker wanted to be i mean like think dot matrix i mean like i mean like look as close as you can you see that remember the dots 
Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be there. <laughs> they're going to be yeah. there. But uh, it, it's up to you, man. Like, uh, I was thinking of just re get into it because Colin is um, getting more and more into books again. Hopefully we get him back soon. Uh, he's been working his butt off on uh, movies there in uh, Tulsa and Oklahoma City. But uh, great find, man. Uh, congratulations on you. Those are... Uh, the only thing I would like to add to it is that there is a uh, two short-lived trading card sets at the time. Oh, okay. I've pointed them out to you, uh, stray cards I've seen at some a couple of shows we've been to. Um, remember, I definitely showed you the Punisher set, but like they did a Wolverine set just like this. Yeah. Um, there's two of them for Wolverine. I've got one of them, um, but they're they're gorgeous, and they focus on... They didn't have much to go on, but they definitely accidentally ended on some gems. They didn't realize that they were focusing on something that was going to be really important. Like Elise D and Albert and, you know, just some of the shots mm-hmm. where he's like, you know, in, in the uh, Canadian wilderness and just focusing on things. Um, yeah, great fun, man. Congratulations. Awesome. Uh, in... True minefields, Joshua Michael and Tony Morales fashion. I have the complete opposite. This is a graphic novel. Um, I know graphic novels are against the rules here at Minefields. Uh, we do not appreciate Johnny Come Lately's, and if you are a Johnny Come Lately, you better get the single issues. But there are no single issues to this. This, this book is called Comic Book Tattoo. It's about eight pounds. It's an art book. Oh, okay. See how thick that guy is or gal, but it's called Comic Book Tattoo. Um, We're talking museum-grade quality paper. But this is a book focused on all of the... Well, not all of them, but choice cuts of Tori Amos. Oh, okay. I'm a huge fan of Tori Amos. Um, If I'm not mistaken, The Downward Spiral is because of her. Uh, by Nine Inch Nails because he was a complete loser, druggy alcoholic, and she was into him, and he screwed up. But uh, that's neither here nor there. This is a giant graphic novel focused on choice cut lyrics from specific Tori Amos songs. Now, um, put it in perspective, Tori Amos is very important to the comic book world. It is a common misconception that Death from the Sandman is based on her. That is not true. Death is actually based off of um, a, a club goer. What's that sound? Not a TV song in the back. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, that Death is based off of a uh, of, of Tori Amos. Because there is a uh, graphic novel compilation of a death set, uh, Time of Your Life. Um, it might be, might be the other one. I've been drinking. Um, that death is based off Tori Amos. She's not. She's based off of a very famous club chick. And by club chick, as in like early 80s, late 1970s, a very famous club in the, in the London Underground was called the Bat Cave. Okay. Now, the Batcave is has nothing to do with Batman. It, I'm not trying to make a joke. Uh, it was a underground goth, drag, burlesque, uh, all the new wave stuff that was about to happen in in the early mid '80s. That was it, the genesis of it. 
Imagine going to a club where Boy George is DJing, Morrissey is drinking with his buddies on the side, making snarky looks and comments to Robert Smith from The Cure and his buddies at the other end of the club. David Bowie might show up. Uh, Susie Sue worked the bar. Um, and freaking uh, the guy from Alien Sex Fiend is the janitor. We're talking this place is like the hub of new, new, new wave goth. Boy George DJ. And um, Cinnamon Hadley. That is kind of insane, yeah. Simon Hadley was like the club chick. Like like the one you want to be friends with. Uh, the ones that if Cinnamon's mad at you, you can't come. Um, I'm not saying she was like that, but I'm saying that she was that popular in the scene. And that's who Death was actually based on. And um, Tori Amos just happened to be a muse of Neil Gaiman. You know, it's... In that respect, she's the second page. Again, oh, okay. Again, museum quality paper. Like, got to be really careful with this because it's one of those graphic novels that, like, you move it the wrong way, the whole cover is gonna fall off, but everything else is stitched together. Oh. Now, um, it's assembled by Image Comics. Neil Gaiman does the introduction. Obviously, <laughs> this came out in two thousand eight, and. Each small, like, every story is in different art forms. Painted, charcoal, inks, digital, you name it. But each small story is based on the lyrics from one of her songs. There's the Flying Dutchman story by David Mack. David Mack is, of course, the guy that did Kabuki, all of the cover work for Fight Club. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, like, this book is not a joke. It's not just a bunch of fanboys, fangirls, over you want to call yourself, slaving over Tori. This is a curated, like, like, having this in my hands is something that's really special to me, because in my mind, this should have been something I should have been to a, an event to. She should have been singing along as you go through the rooms, and experience the artwork the artwork is amazing there's some that's not as good yeah. as, as you would you'd want it to be but it's very experimental and no story's the same obviously but it's all tori amos it's people making comics to tori amos lyrics there's playlists on, mm. there's playlists on spotify so if you can find comic book tattoo on spotify if you can find this, it's not that expensive. You can probably find one for like 30, 40 bucks. I got it for 10 actually because I got lucky at a Muse uh, uh, Black Friday sale here in the Springs. Thank you, uh, George and Amanda. But uh, it's a very special book to me. And it's like walking into an art gallery. And I just wish this art gallery actually existed. But it's still not as cool as having all the Chris Claremont. <laughs> no. Actually, I think it's a good balance. Actually, I think it's a good balance. I like it. Makes you feel any better off of all the Chris Claremont X Men. Oh yeah, not as important to me. Uh, one day when we have a little tete a tete when it comes to your X Men collection and my spawn, it's, there's going to be a different conversations there, friend. <laughs> It'll be the same outcome though, amigo. Amigo. <laughs> Much friend there, guy. Not your friend there. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this is the 
breakup of Degeneration Latinx. De- oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, but, like, hey, hey, uh, kudos to you for picking, like, a freaking great book and, like, what a way to balance, man. Uh, like, sorry, like, I go off on tangents, but, like, that's literally the complete opposite of what you presented. But there's still honor and people that follow it like a cult. Yeah. It's always honor amongst the hunt. Amongst the hunt. That is a great way to... We, we have not put that in there. That's true. That's but <laughs> I, I don't think we should because you pretty much threw me into a bookshelf to get your strife number one. Oh, that's because you were slow and in the way. <laughs> well, well, the strife number one was first appearance of strife. First appearance of strife. I wasn't too. It was X Force eighty six. I wasn't too concerned about that. You think you won walking out of there? First appearance of strife. I walked out of there with Ultra and a bunch of Wizard magazines. Man, in my opinion, I won there. But that's neither here nor there. Was it was the Wizards the same trip or was it the next trip? I thought those two separate trips. That was two super trips. That was that was the okay. that was the first time we walked out of a Big Apple. Yeah. We need to go back there and clean them out. Oh, that sounds right. Really do. Okay. Freaking, uh, I'm down to 19 issues of Detective Comics in the 700s that I need to get after uh, after my last time going to a uh, freaking Escape Velocity. Nice. So I need to, I need to find those other nineteen. That way I can move on to the eight hundreds and be done. The eight hundreds and be done until you start having to collect all the side stories. Because that's not even side stories. Then, then it's going because I've got everything from the five, five fifty, two to seven hundred straight right now. See my so problem. To go my problem. Yeah, but you've got something like really like centralized like. Me collecting all of like Spider the Amazing Spider Man is gonna require collecting a couple of the sensationals web of I mean like they they spiraled out a few many times and like me keeping track of like like with Detective with Batman it goes in numerical order. Like there's so many different times there's a new Amazing Spider Man number one, but it's actually legacy number four hundred and eighty, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they didn't start doing those legacy numbers until like the early like 2010s. Yeah, it's all right. That's one of the things about you know collecting Marvel books, man. Freaking, that's it gets different. It gets difficult. It's it's weird. Just like they'll do it. They'll do the legacy numbers and they won't do them. And like I was I was cleaning out my books the other day and I was looking at all my Daredevils. And like I, I found the legacy number. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is issue number one, but it's really like issue seven hundred and thirty something. Correct. <laughs> so okay, sure. Where'd the other ones go? Now we gotta like it's it like. Yeah, and then there ended up being like three I'd missed somewhere along the line. So I'm like, oh, I gotta get those. So I'm like, eh. It's definitely a I challenge. Doing that, I'm like, it's gonna go down the rabbit hole. 100%. I'm already down the rabbit hole enough with freaking um, getting the first run of Iron Man and freaking finishing up my detective. Plus, I'm randomly missing like one random issue of Immortal X Men, which is really bugging me. Which one? Because nobody in town is. 
Issue six. Is it like one of those issue except for one of those like freakishly low print run like issues that no one has? No, it's it's a more it's a Mortal X Men. It's pretty much seems like a pretty decent seller for the most part. But yeah, freaking, I've got like I think they're on issue eleven right now, or no, this issue ten, I think. And freaking, I've got every issue, but I randomly missed issue six. There are so many issues of Red and Legion that are difficult to find. Yeah. But, hey, we kept up. Thank you, Eds, and uh, thank you, Muse, for keeping our uh, collections going, making sure we get every single issue. Uh, when it comes to uh, what we were discussing just a minute ago uh, in regards to uh, freaking the misnumbering of things... Um, I want to I want to get straight into, into uh, Lazarus Planet Alpha because I really enjoyed this book, but I I gotta say first and foremost I got a big gripe here is that someone in, that is on top in DC didn't think that the issues of Robin which they canceled I mean they're still still doing Tim Drake which is garbage. Um, didn't think it might be able to... Con- I, I, I got the first issue of Tim Drake and was like, no, nah, I don't want this anymore. Yeah, it was bad. just wasn't wasn't anything I enjoyed. No, it, the art was great. The writing wasn't bad, but like it was more of a, like, none of this excites me. None of this has anything to do with anything that is intertwined with what we're reading, especially with, like... You and I were... I mean, we got to, like, really call a spade a spade, man. Freaking, like... Robin wasn't the best comic, but we loved it for what it was, and uh, we loved Damien. The thing, about, the thing about it though is we had a, you've got a, you've got a whole, you got a whole focal point with Damien, because the whole thing is that he was the one that snuck back into Gotham after Bane banished all the uh, Bat family during Correct. the city of Bane, and he's the reason Alfred died. He's one hundred percent the reason. And Alfred freaking died. he, and whether he actually is the reason Alfred died or not, he he blames himself. And he needs to come to terms with what happened. And freaking, there was a, there's a, that's a huge character trait for him. Like, Tim Drake is, I don't have a problem with Tim Drake, but I don't, like, of all the, all the Robins, he's the one I care about the least. 100%. He's not that like, I don't, exciting at all. There's, yeah, the last time he was really used prominently in anything I was reading, Titans? Was when he first came back. No, it wasn't even. It was when they first brought back Detective Comics in um, in Rebirth when Rebirth started up. It was the team was him, Spoiler, uh, Batman, Batwoman, uh, Clayface, and Orphan. I'm and never, Kane, and that that was fun. I've never said why he's still Robin, like like default Robin. Like there's yeah. a there's a unless you're like side by side with Batman, you're not Robin. You can call yourself Robin, but you're not Robin. Yeah. And, like, it's just, I just, I did, he's just, of all the Robins, he's just the one I enjoy the least. Like, I just wasn't, you know, just not that horribly, like, I've got his first appearance and whatnot. Of course but you do. like, and he was, uh, you know, he was freaking, he was a Robin during Nightfall. You know, and that was that was good, but that was the last time I really found myself enjoying Tim Drake. Just he's just not anybody that I really 
care about. You're correct. The last and time least, I enjoyed him. At least him. Damien had a freaking, at least Damien had a story. His own individual story, like where he went off yeah. specifically on his own. The whole Lazarus story. Um, before we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of this, like I'm still just kind of chafed that this, like, I- I'm happy there's an alpha. There should always be an alpha story. I, I dig the alpha books. Um, you know, really putting a bookmark where it starts. But uh, looking at the checklist at the end here, I mean, they're bringing in Batman versus Robin. They're bringing in um, a bunch of other books that <sighs> I'm glad they're there. I mean, like Wonder Woman, like we really don't have a reason to read Wonder Woman because it usually ends up bad or just gets canceled. Um, I really think this should have been one of those things when we always talk about frequently um, about how a good story needs to be told within the meat and potatoes of the books. Robin 285, 286, 87, like just because they're not odd numbers or 75 or 50 doesn't mean that they, you know, are better than the rest. How many books do you yeah. have that there's a first print summon that's like priceless? And just to, you don't have faith in the book. I, my, my point is I feel like the, the, the suits didn't have faith in the Robin book and this Lazarus planet story came up and they're like, yeah, it's gotta be all separate, but like, it's look at the titles, man. It's, I'm glad it's centralized. It's not that big of a story, you know, where we can really wind down and, and not have to worry about that. We're reading X-Force 28 and we missed new mutants 23 and, uh, but Take point of this book, man, because I, I I only had gripes at the beginning and didn't calm down. I mean, it's, it's no, it's it's cool because, like I said, it is a it's a continuation of Robin. It's a continuation of freaking uh, Batman versus Robin. Specifically, you know, David. We, we got to make the distinction. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's Damian Wayne here. Yeah, we got them in a the ship. It's Batman who's mortally wounded. Talia al Ghul and Black Alice, who they saved from the de- uh, demon Nezra. You know, they're trying to, you know, they got all this going on while at the same time there's a, you know, a magical storm brewing because they tried to grab all the magic. Uh, Nezra and them did. They grabbed all the magic and now it's coming out in this basically Lazarus resin storm. You know, and they end up meeting up with some other heroes, you know, Power Girl, Blue Beetle, Blue Devil, uh, things that Tana's here, uh, Power Girl, um, the Monkey King, Cyborg, and Mary Marvel. And Damien has to take point and tell these, tell everybody what they need to do. And freaking, he turns around and everybody's, you know, looking at Batman and they're looking at him for advice, you know, and he's, you know, all he says is, you know, listen to my son. And, you know, Robin's is like, Hey, this is, you know, he's telling them what happened. This is, you know, all based on the arrival of King Firebowl, which turned Lazarus Island into a volcano. And that's the source of all this, you know, we need to, 
we need to get this fig, you know, figured out. We need to get magic back and all the because of all the magic being taken, a lot of the magic based superheroes are uh, all their powers are wonky for lack of a better term. So they end up going to this castle to kind of figure out what the heck they're going to do. Try to, you know, they're trying to break out the magic, but when they do that, these monsters come out after them. We get a decent little battle here. And we've got a, you know, they end up, uh, Batman and Talia, they end up finding uh, Nezra, but it turns out that uh, Swamp Thing and Poison Ivy were able to get there first. And they're trying to take control of him. And then we go to a scene where Black Alice is sitting here with uh, Damien and Monkey King. And she's just off in a corner by herself because well, she was used. To- well, before we get too far, I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off. Uh, it's Tower of Fate. Uh, last time we saw it was in the last big Justice League story other than Dark Crisis. Um, it... It's a magnet for magic. Remember during the uh, last big caper, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Constantine was in the in the basement, even though he wasn't proved to be there, protecting uh, Naomi's parents. And Doctor Fate had a, a, a big play in this, and we haven't seen too much of him. But you know, like these depowered magic magical people are doing their best to get there because they know he can feel it and. I uh, just need to make sure y'all know that this this is a big deal. That this is not a place where uh, the, uh, the Terra Fate is not something that you can just write off. It's House of Magic. It's you know uh, House of Secrets, whatever you call it. Uh, freaking, this is a big deal, and especially with all these uh, magical powered people that can't work it right. And you were saying that uh, they're breaking in and they find uh, Poison Ivy and Swamp Thing? Yeah, it was Swamp Thing. Um, yeah, Swamp Thing. I mean, like... Yeah, they're fighting the demon Nezra. But yeah, so the uh, reason Black Alice is hiding is because she's the one that was siphoning off the uh, all the magic for Nezra. And freaking Monkey King tries to talk to her and let her know that, you know, everything's going to be okay. And, you know, she kind of shares a little story with her to kind of, you know, build a bridge between the two of them. And he ends up telling her that, you know, it's okay, you know, Robin means well. He's just kind of a jerk sometimes. And freaking by the end of it, you know, she's like, hey, my real name is Lori, and Robin is a jerk. And Monkey King just sits next to her, and he's like, oh, I could tell you some stories. But yeah, we go back to the, uh, the Tower of Fate, and, you know, they're over here trying to fight, you know, fight off these magic monsters. But they've got a Supergirl with her, and obviously Supergirl is, um, one of her big weaknesses is magic. But she ends up, her and uh, Blue Demon, or Blue Devil, are at least able to fly away by the end of it. Because one of the monsters just kicks the crap out of her, unfortunately. Really? But uh, going back to the battle with Nezra, 
um, Talia's trying to ask him what Poison Ivy and Swamp Thing are doing there, and she's just like, you know, Poison Ivy's just like Rachel Ghoul's an eco-terrorist, and, you know, I've worked with them more than once. And for some reason, people tend to forget that I am a, I have a PhD in botanical studies. That was pretty funny. Yeah. And she's like, you know, once Swamp Thing and I determined it was Lazarus resin falling from the sky, we came here to figure out what was going on with, uh, because it's affecting the green. So everybody kind of, uh, Supergirl and Blue Devil show up to help fight Nezra some more. And everyone who was trying to get to, to the Tower of Fate mm-hmm. is finally able to get in. Correct. And uh, they need the, uh, they're not able to break all the way through until, but it turns out the Mary, you know, Mary Marvel yells Shazam and gets the, uh, controls the lightning, obviously, and lightning hits the Tower of Fate and they're able to get in. Well, what confuses and me is that she was already Shazam. Like, like, she didn't depower immediately. Like, she's already in full power. Like, did... Mm-hmm. Um, she was just using it to summon the lightning, though. That's all she was trying to do. Right, but, uh, like, in my understanding that you say Shazam, you, you go from left to right. Not just... Yeah, but if you, you, go, you go back to being... A, you go back to your normal form if you say it again, though. All right, I gotcha. But yeah, once they're able to get into the Tower of Fate, they see uh, they get a, a good amount of reinforcements. You know, we see the uh, we see Ragman, we see Alan Scott, Green Lantern, uh, quite a few other people. Um, Clarion, the the Witch Boy, quite a. Um, I can't remember it's uh, the Stranger. The Phantom Stranger, I believe. Well, we don't have the Spectre. Like, I figured the Spectre would have been one of this. Uh, when I first came to this page... I think the Spectre might be one of the guys in the very back. I thought that's a chick in the front that has the same hood. Uh, I don't know who that is, but it's definitely not the Spectre. Um, I think the Spectre might be the one in the green hood in the very back. The When we zoom in... My initial was like, where is he? Was where's John? Very back. Oh yeah. Very back. He 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 doesn't even like I mean like there's something unique about this artist. We'll get to the art in just a minute, which I love by the way, but like John doesn't look like John. But he's the only one that's blonde, white has a tie that's not all the way up in the trench coat. And why is Johnny in the back? That that that's a visual clue to me. Why is John in the back? Because last time we really could see the Tower of the Fate, John was just hanging out in the basement. Mm-hmm. Why is John in the back? And uh, just real quick, uh, you said that we we've coming up to uh, old man, old man John. Uh, let's see, uh, Dark Swamp or uh, Green Hell? Yeah, Green Hell. Green Hell number two should be coming out in the next uh, month, I believe. Hopefully, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Just I see, just just want to I just want to chime in real quick that Johnny was in the back. 
nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, John John always tends to be the uh, the big-time hero in these kind of stories, so let's see if, uh, if that tends to maintain. Then again, this one, it's normally the Elseworlds story. He ends up being the big hero, and this one, I believe, is full-blown canon, so. Right. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, we go back real quick to the battle with Nezra, and they're asking if he's dead or not, and. Supergirl says she can hear a faint heartbeat. But she's like, if you're looking to use, you know, draw magic from him to heal Batman, I don't... She's like, I'm not sure that's an option right now. And somebody says no need behind him. And turns out that Batman's been possessed. And he's like, I'm better than ever. This is one of the best... So they've gotten splash been possessed by the, de- the demon Nezra. He's gorgeous. This is this is so. Oh cool. yeah. You think digital yeah, or got... physical? I mean, like, there's a I don't lot. Know. Of... I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say physical. Yeah, this is gorgeous. Yeah. Did you? And then we uh, go back to Robin real quick, and at the uh, he ends up being confronted by King Fireball himself, who's trying to kill Nezra. This is prologue, right? Uh, that's just the very last page. And, and we've got the uh, the side story, the secondary story with Monkey Cam- Monkey uh, Prince. We get a little bit of the backstory with him and uh, and him and Nezra or Nezha, not Nezra, Nezha. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm intrigued by the story. Like I said, I like the fact, you know, I get it's three different books, but. The fact that we are still getting a continuation of the Robin story is, I, I think that's great. I agree. I just wish it was still labeled Robin, some of the more important issues. Uh, the artwork is absolutely to die for. Like, the, this, the artwork in this is right up there with Alex Ross and uh, Mark Silvestri to a lesser point without it being fully painted. Uh, like, there's certain modes of form that they use i mean this is a lot of this is a lot of cross hatching uh this is a lot of blending this is a lot of shadow uh use of light and dark this is something that you you don't just accidentally draw this um the splash pages especially the cocoon on uh, the tower of fate um that was a wonderful blend of uh just using the right font over the right uh, piece of art. And then a lot of foreshadowing throughout this entire thing. Um, it still bothers me. They don't flat out call him Damien, but um, I'm always suspicious of a lot of things. Uh, but the whole magical crew showing up, and I just wish this was, they had had more faith in a Damien Robin story. Especially when I'm yeah. reading, reading that the uh, sales of the Tim Drake book are like nil. No one gives a damn about it. It's not because it's bad. I don't know. Like I said, I first I read the first issue and couldn't care. I didn't care for it. But and then the disjointed quality of like all of a sudden we see one of the greatest portraits of Batman possesses a demon, and then we get straight in an overly colorful manga. It's so disjointing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of the B stories in the comic books. 
sometimes they're good, sometimes they're they're great, sometimes they're absolutely bad. But like how it, it mean like switching the art form straight to a an Americanized manga form, uh, it didn't work. Like it immediately turned me off. It made me not want to read this. I mean, the story's good. You know, father versus son. I mean, like they really drove drove the the point home. But the the disjointment. It's not that I don't want to be challenged as a reader or someone that enjoys art, but like I needed a breather after seeing that gorgeous portrait of Batman possessed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, no, it's definitely it's definitely a whole lot of a. Uh, it, it's it is jarring just because it's such a dramatic change. All of a sudden, someone turned on the lights, man. You you ever been up like smoking and drinking with your buddies, and you go outside and smoke a cigarette, and all of a sudden it's light, and like, oh, uh, I thought it was like two a.m. and it's actually seven a.m. Um, <laughs> like that that was the jarring. I definitely watched some Denny's like that, but oh, of course. Uh, freaking uh, I don't. It, it's the same way with the uh, the Joker book. Yeah, the the Joker, the main Joker story. And the man who stopped laughing, and then like you have the the random B story where he's trying to hook up a Power Girl or Zatanna, and Zatanna gets him pregnant. Like that, that was. Pers- I, I found that one particularly jarring, just that it's the exact same character, done in two completely different stories. I. I- I'm not, I don't hate this art. It's great. They did they did a great blend. It's it's very emotive. It's not talking heads. Um, but after what we just saw, I mean, that's like uh, that's like uh, what was what they say like uh, to the day uh, a year later. Um, Kiss was opened up for Blue Oyster Cult a year to the date later. Blue Oyster Cult was opened up for freaking Kiss. Don't give me Kiss and then give me Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, Kiss is obviously the far superior band. You're right. Yeah, get, don't just do that and then give me something that is great, but not Kiss. <laughs> and then we get into overly colorful Americanized manga. Um, as someone that grew up reading manga, I I, I love it, but it, it's... What they just did, like, I would have preferred something like uh, the way they did uh, the B stories, how they introduced uh, the Batman Joker story you were just talking about. Uh, Sylvester-y, over light and dark, great use of uh, a similar form uh, when it comes to art, you know, a lot of cross-hashing. And um, it's the, no one's turned the lights on. It's like, it's like, uh, yeah. You remember when your dad tried to wake you up in the morning, time to go to school, and he turned the lights on or flicker them, and you're just like, oh, dude, it's worse than just an alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. It was destroying. And uh, not saying it's bad, um, but both stories were great. I, I enjoyed all of it. Um, what do you want next, man? Uh, you want to get. Uh, what do you got? I got Joe Fix It, man. I gotta say, number one, okay. Joe Fix It. It's gonna be a six-story miniseries. Uh, we were written. It's written by Peter David, uh, one of my all-time favorites. Um, real quick, before we get into the meat and potatoes, when it comes to Peter David, is this guy is responsible for some amazing things. Uh, everything you know about the Incredible Hulk with Todd McFarlane, that's Peter David. 
Oh, nice. Um, Spider-Man 2099, Peter David. Uh, Colin and I were at Comic-Con at Denver, when it was still called Comic-Con, uh, freaking, and, uh, you know, line around the, the block was for Junior Junior, but we're wandering around, all of a sudden, that we see this stray fat guy sitting there with no one in front of him, and there's a small little sign in front of him that says, Peter David, holy... That's Peter David. Holy shnikes. Shnikes. Uh, real quick, um, I had it already, but I didn't have it on me. We. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I was griping so much about the lack of comic books at the last time we were at Comic-Con was there was way more comics uh, and way more vendors selling random comics. Uh, real quick, went and found an issue of Spidey 2099. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, like, I'm glad we got to talk to him right away, but there was no line to meet Peter David. Like, how dare you? Like, you guys don't know what's going on? Like, the only reason there was a big old crowd in front of uh, uh, Jim Shooter was uh, Colin and I set a fire. We walked past him a couple times. I wouldn't give a damn about him that night. And freaking, uh, nope, nope, that's boiler friendly. She'd be mad, too. <laughs> She'd be mad, too. No, that counts. That counts. We'll you just, could you could have chose a better word. Nobody will, gave a darn. Nobody gave a dang. Uh, Grandpa Walton. Uh, Nobody gave a Rudy Poo. Uh, oh, I like that a lot. Speaking of, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we like went and got a couple of Peter David books signed. We talked to him for a while. He was a very nice gentleman, but it was like a Five. like an abhorrence of nature that this guy didn't have a line around the corner and want to meet him. Uh, but he is responsible for Joe Fixit. Uh, nice. Not responsible for Grey Hulk, obviously. Uh, to put it in perspective, um, Hulk should have been green at the beginning, but they couldn't get the colors to stick. The printing, the printing press, simply was not accepting the colors that Stan, the man, wanted the Hulk to look like, and that's the best they were able to do. And uh, Peter David. Uh, of course, Hulk gets separated from Banner countless times. If you if you read uh, Immortal Hulk, you're gonna see that they encapsulate every bit of every solitary broken fragment of a persona that is Hulk and Bruce Banner into you know the Green Door and the Red Door. And um, but this is a solid Joe Fixit story. Um, I almost didn't read it. I saw really? Peter. I, I saw Peter David wrote it and like love him. Turn the page, and uh, he actually turned two pages, and all of a sudden Peter Parker just happens to be in Las Vegas. Joe Fixit has been a bouncer in Vegas every time, like or some strong arm guy in Vegas working for the mob. Uh, he's basically you know the mobster version uh, or strong arm you know tough guy. Uh, working for the mob in Vegas, and I turn a couple pages, and there's Peter Parker, and all of a sudden I realize I'm upset because this should book this book should be about Joe Fix It. Yeah. When I read a team up book, I expect it to be a team up book, but when I read a six issue series, and immediately a character that is way better or more popular—that's a better way to put it—more popular. Uh, yeah. 
we've got a problem. The main character can't carry the book. Don't yeah. Do, then why do the book then? Don't do the <laughs> damn book. Don't do it to us, man. Like give us, give us, give us, give us all about you know what we're focused on. And uh, you know, Kingpin shows up. Uh, Parker is about to leave the airport in Vegas, and his spidey sense goes off. And lo and behold, he sees that old Wilson Fist is getting off a plane and plants a spider tracker on him. His spidey sense is going nuts. And but you know what this gentleman named Joe Fixit is uh, helping one of the main casino owners. He's his strong arm guy, but here he is on uh, camera beating up a guy that was about to shoot the place up and save this police officer. Here's him getting hit by a car instead of his boss. And uh, the, the weird gimmick is that uh, no one knows that he's the Hulk because he's smaller and gray. And Parker... Do you think he's a guy with a skin condition? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so I know a little bit. I did some research on Joe Fixit. Uh, McFarlane, of course, Peter David. That's why those books are so expensive. But uh, Old Fisk is in town to uh, make sure the Magia, which we are all familiar with, uh, do not keep taking over Las Vegas and wants to talk to the new or uh, established boss here and uh, meets up with him. The guy that Joe Fix is protecting. Hey, we need to get rid of the Magia. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about him. Well, we need to talk about it. No, no, we don't. In fact, this, this meeting's over. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of my office. <laughs> and, uh... Fisk, of course, rages, breaks the desk, and Joe Fixit walks in in his perfectly, you know, pinstripe suit and his, you know, those loafers that are white and black and, you know, the, you know, you're going to be charged for that and gets shot upon and, oh my god, the bullets are bouncing off him. Like, what is happening? <laughs> like, how does everyone not know this is not the Hulk? And, um... you got a skin condition. Parker intervenes... Fisk tries to fight Joe Fixit. It's a one-sided fight. Parker's like, hey, just trying to help out. Uh, owner of Casino's like, hey, guess what? Penthouse is yours. Here's a line of credit. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Can't really do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Fixit here is going to take you up to your penthouse. Okay. <laughs> like it's, no questions. I like what Spider-Man's even gambling. Uh, when in money, like, stay, like, like he's gonna have a good night's sleep, but, uh, Fisk is, of course, upset. You know Peter Parker's got a massive gambling problem, right? <laughs> I do not know that. Please tell me you're correct. That's the real reason he, that's the real reason he's never got money. He's got this whole gambling problem. He's got a gambling problem. Why he's, else would he be in Vegas? He's betting on whether or not Gwen Stacy gets her neck broke this time in the Ultraverse or the multiverse, or the whatever-verse. <laughs> Which Gwen? Maybe he bets on the ponies. Ooh, you know, he I... bets on the ponies and he likes blackjack. I'll take the overhead on that one and say Gwen probably dies. But, you know, I'm not a betting man. Only but after having Norman Osborn's babies. Only after... Oh God, in the, the backup part. Eh. Well, we got more, more of the story coming. I just... It was fun. I'm glad I read it. 
I'm my immediate comic sensibilities of what good stories should be uh, took over, and I didn't want to read a Joe Fixit book uh, starring Spider Man as the main character and his gambling addiction. And his gambling, his crippling gambling addiction. Aunt May is still living in the house on depends because oh. Peter Parker just can't stop putting on the ponies. And betting on the ponies. Betting on the ponies, and that's really how it happens. Yeah. He, he, he actually gave his uh, spider abilities to someone back in the 70s, and uh, uh, like how Gallagher sold his gimmick to his twin brother, just like that. That's why Ben Rowling is still yeah. there. Makes sense. I, God, I, don't give me a side... Like a six issue story about Joe Fixit, and all of a sudden the one who's really starring in Spider Man. You're telling me you can't write and a good gambling sp- addiction. And his crippling gambling addiction. I mean, like the the, the end of the book he's a, did. He's didn't, all Mr. Friendly Neighborhood Spider Man until he's stealing stealing money from your neighbors to freaking fund his gambling addiction. Doing stuff in the alleys outside of the. Uh, the old uh, Caesar's Palace, but like, don't tell me this is a Joe Fixit story. Now, you can't, you can't write a good story based on one good, like, solid character. I do admit there should be someone with a gambling addiction in this, but the problem is, is and th- friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know what really upsets me is the fact that the. This book was completely about someone with a gambling addiction, and there was not one suicide prevention hotline number or gambling addiction number to call if you do, in fact, have a gambling addiction because you bought this book because it was number one and thought you were going to sell it for $1,000 and put some more monies in the ponies. Not, none of those numbers in the back. This is just irresponsibility on Marvel's part and Disney, especially Disney. And especially... The ghost of Walt Disney. This is just shameful. That it is. That's what I got about that, man. And uh, if you have a gambling addiction, call 1-800. Call the Daily Bugle. Oh, yeah, they'll help you out. Betty Brandt will hook you up a little advance there. That's why J. Jonah Jameson really hates (laughs) Spider-Man. He's he's wanted for... He bet on the wrong pony. He bet on the wrong pony. We had to put that in a gimmick. That's awesome. I'm writing that. Where's the lie? You know, covering the spread is one thing, but having that sort of crippling gambling addiction plus the alcoholism, I mean, it's just irresponsible. I mean, kids these days shouldn't be reading these books. True. I mean, if Mor- the innocent. I mean, if Morales Jr. downloads this, how are we going to explain it to him? We don't. But we don't have Spider-Man in the house. We're going to have to go get him out of jail, pay off some bookies. You're going to have to do some couple of gigs, uh, obviously doing the job, and I'm going to be doing a bunch of photo shoots I don't want to do, all because we didn't have the responsibility to make sure that Morales Jr., Understands Spider-Man has a crippling gambling addiction. <laughs> what do you got next? I say you do red. What happens, man? 
I say you do red, man. Like this one, I've got some. This one, this one chapped me. Really? It did. Why is that? Because the artwork was amazing and the story was so disjointed. <laughs> they bounced back and forth like friggin' pinball and like the intro at the beginning, if you're trying to get an X Men Red and the in you read the intro, surely I know what's gonna about what's going on, what's gonna happen and make my three fifty uh whatever they're charging for comic books of these, because I certainly don't price them, I just put them in the pile. Um it's going to be worth it. And we've got a bunch it's of people. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. And there's a ton of people that are very unfamiliar that we certainly need some backstory in. I'm not saying they have to write a, you know, library, Dewey Decimal System, this is this person at the beginning, but give us a little bit of a hint because if you, if you pick this book up straight up, like, are you going to know who Annabelle Girl Brand is? Or the dude with the, the two mouths? Or... The techno-organic virus. I mean, there's a lot of things in here that are very specific that are not friendly to people that are going to take a chance. Yeah. So we've got the uh, the third coolest Summers brother, Vulcan, taking on the one of the baddest mutants on the planet, any planet, or time stream. storm. Or oh. time stream. Oh, we're talking like bad mo mohawk storm. Ooh. On top of that, there's some, there's some, there's some strong words there, friend. Because she's the best one. Yeah. Mortalock's leading, living in the sewers, still a goddess. I mean, she even references. I grew up on the streets. <laughs> like you have no idea of my past. Yeah. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go at it because freaking Vulcan is bound and determined to freaking show off how amazingly powered he is. So what is and what does what does Cable pull out of this? Like, cause like he's like you said, he's bound and determined to show how much of a BA he is. But freaking, uh, what is what is in this containment unit? I believe that's actually the uh centralized oh. isolated I think it's the techno I think it's the organic vi I think it's the virus. I I, I thought it was too uh, just like yeah, two that's issues what it looks like to me it's it's a techno organic virus and freaking He hinted at it cuz he just he just control he you know cuz he always controls it to Eases telepathy, telepathy, and telekinesis to hold it at bay, basically. Yeah, but even then, like when like it like forms around him like a like a phalanx, uh, there are barely any pouches. There are never enough pouches anymore. <laughs> There's barely any pouches, and his gun is isn't even bigger than his forearm. Like, what are you doing, man? Rob Liefeld would be rolling in his grave. And he's not even dead. Oh, uh, Rob Liefeld's dead. We just don't know yet. Aww. Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee murdered him years ago. 
like you just add more pouches and Wyfield's still alive and his wife is still it's got some they added some pouches but not not nearly enough no not nearly enough and it's not even yeah while they're doing while Cable's on getting every getting back to himself and gonna take down this you know this alien race on the world's farm freaking Storm and Vulcan are still preparing to go at it and we've got, you know, we got two people on Sword Station 2. We've got a good old Abigail Brand. And I'm trying to... And Mentallo. And Brand's trying to, you know, figure out what's going on with everything. And she ends up body sliding a gun to shoot poor Mentallo in the head. And the whole thing is it comes down to somebody's... Who's trying to play? Who's trying? Who's, who's trying to? Who's able to pay off Mentallo? Who that? Who possibly has enough money to do that when she's got the entire, you know, sword bank account behind her? And, and turns out it's good old Robert DaCosta. Orcus. Huh. You, those Orcus guys. Hmm. Yeah, we've got Sunspot, freaking uh, Deathbird, and the child of Lalandra and Professor Xavier, Xandra, and freaking, you know, they've been hiding out since they thought Xandra died, and I think she was brought, I want to say she was brought back through an egg, oh, they if I remember correctly. They definitely brought her back, <laughs> they had to. <laughs> Chuck yeah. is... Chuck is not going to let his uh, daughter that should have been his daughter die under any circumstances. Yeah, he he would save that for his son. Maybe 50 years in the future. He'll be fine later, right? I'll bring himself back whether you want him back or not. Correct. But uh, what are you seeing here, man? Because like, this is a, a brutal tete-a-tete. This is, this is, this is all... No holds barred. This is. I know you. you oh, this know is me. yeah. Mm-hmm. And nobody's playing around, you know. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna bring. I'm assuming they're gonna throw her in jail or something along those lines. But you know, she. They're trying to. You know, Xandra's trying. They're trying to get down to the nitty gritty of it before they can really get into it. Um, Abigail body slides herself out. To uh, someplace very secret, and she's kind of, you know, dust trying to dust herself off and figure out how she's going to restart everything. And somebody bust out her real name that she has told nobody. And the real I believe last to this name. point, we, we nobody had any idea that she was not Abigail. Her last name wasn't Brand. Yeah, I, I took like ten minutes trying to figure it. Thenregalius. That's that's what I land yeah. that that's what I landed on was Than Regalius. I'm not too keen or up to school on how to use an X in a word, but that's what I landed on. <laughs> so she's Indian. But yeah. Uh, possibly, if she's even from Earth. No, she's got a last name as long as your arm, you never know. Probably Pakistani or Indian. Uh, 
Oh, that's bad. Just took us took me a bit to figure out how to how to pronounce that, man. Like, so who's this guy? Yeah, no, definitely. This is this is the Fisher King. This is the guy that Magneto met on the first uh, first issue. So it's uh, super interesting that you know we don't really know too much about him. But you know he brings he lets her know you know destruction is all that you are, and at the end of that road you know is what comes next. But uh, we go back to the the battle between Vulcan and Storm, and Vulcan's throwing everything he can at Storm, and the whole time Storm's busting out the rope of dope, and freaking he didn't realize that uh, Storm was you know bringing more. You know, it wasn't just about power with Storm. It's about strategy. Teamwork. And freaking, uh, turns out she's got three other mutants helping her. We've got Wrong Slide. I'm not sure I think what the other two names are. I'm not sure what the other two names. But, uh, uh look at the front here. Oh, things are so helpful. I just gotta actually look at them. No, you're right. Wrong slide. I mean, like... Uh, yeah, they're not even there. They're not even on they, the page. <laughs> they, they encapsulated him in, like... What's the aura that he's in? But it's it's one of those things that, like... Uh, I mean, like, you know, Sabres has got... That's wrong slide, Lotus Lagos, and Subinar. And it's Mysterium is what they encase Mys- him in. Mysterium, but he can still talk Mysterium. and look. And that bothered me. Like, if you can still talk and you can see, what they should have done is just completely close the whole thing and made him completely insane and break his mind and some sort of uh, sensory deprivation thing for all time because what he did was unforgivable, especially on uh, a new continent, a new uh, planet, a new capital of our solar system. I mean, like, and then they say, what do they say? It's the name of the Brotherhood, but the name of the good mutants of Iraq, of, of uh, not Rocco, um, um, I've been drinking, what's that, what's yeah. that? Yeah, they just, call them, they just call themselves the Brotherhood. They're just the Brotherhood of Mutants. Not evil mutants, but the Brotherhood of Mutants. Just mutants. But, uh, to rewind, uh, that, that Golden Globe is, uh, they, what? They condense the phalanx virus. Is that what what they have there? Because this is something that uh, it could be. I don't know if we've they that's meant, a character known as or- Orbis Stellaris. Yeah, but they mentioned that it was containing the uh, the phalanx virus in earlier. Uh, especially, but what confuses me is before uh, everything really took off when it came to Hickman's X Men uh, was that. The phalanx were coming, and it was one of those. Uh, and the Beyonder was there, and it was one of those. Oh. It was one of those. Like, did they forget about this or write it off because Hickman started doing something even better? Because it was like written, like kind of integrated right at the beginning. Um, or is this something that is really going to take off? Because if if I'm not mistaken, uh, Warlock is separated from Doug currently in New Mutants, and it's causing problems. Okay. And I can see that if you're going to condense the phalanx virus into something, it would be, you know, spherical. But 
what do you, what did you take from the uh, whispers coming from uh, what Cable was trying to protect earlier? They're not serious. they're not talking to themselves the way that like you know friend warlock friend or you know like they're not doing yeah. That. But I swear to God, they said phalanx condensed, but it would make sense. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that, but it doesn't mean it's it's not what's going on. Yeah, well, well tell, tell us how it ends, and I'm, I'm going to be looking that up. Yeah, because they look... So we go in, though, the last thing back on World Farm is Orbis Stellaris, and it starts opening up, and somebody, somebody referring to themselves as the Overlord... Tells somebody to prepare a new Orbis Stellaris for him, because the shell isn't. This one's not working any longer, and it's like my ancient body won't last uh, a day without proper medical support, and I refuse to die. He's. I simply have too much to do. And we look inside, and it appears to be Old Man Sinister, Ooh. with the uh, instead of having the diamond. This one has the, uh, the spade. The spade. But yeah, I was right. When uh, Cable was fighting it, fighting the, the globe uh, with all the helixes in it, um, please be gentle, it whispers, and he takes a punch at it. And those whispers at the beginning are like discussing the glory of the phalanx contagion. Reduced to this. Um... Gotta admit, guys, uh, if you've been following us in red, which we have, um, not every single X-Men book, but, like, if you're not following every single X-Men book, there's going to be nuggets you're going to miss in, I don't know, do you, do you appreciate that sort of thing? Like, in order to keep up with X-Men, you got to read all of them? That, that kind of, that kind of chafes me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely got its pluses and minuses, like, when they were first building the uh, society on Kakoa, I thought it was really cool because each book kind of represented a different aspect of that society. Yeah. So like, while it was, it was, if you wanted to, you definitely had the option to look into it. You didn't, it, it wasn't necessary. Right. But then like, but they're definitely, they're definitely getting to a point where freaking it's, there's a lot of bleed over and freaking, um, you know, it, it you you can definitely miss things if you're not reading all the books. I don't think that's fair. And quite frankly, there are there are a lot of books. Yeah, there's a lot of and books. And that's it kind of, you know, it I'm not a huge fan of the term cash grab, but that if you've got a if I need to pick up 10 books to read to get one full story, I'm going to I'm going to tune out. I'm gonna like tune that, out. that's a cash grab. That's you're you're given you know, each story should be succinct, right? And you know if I'm reading all the X Men books plus all the other books I'm picking up, you know, that's it's not fair to the reader. That's that's expecting them to because you don't know what what you know they're you know we've talked about it previously where sometimes you know back in the day when you were a kid you were you were given five dollars you could get one book, yep, and that had to hold you over. For a while. And it's <laughs> For not, a while. It's not, expe- it's, it's not fair to expect kids to get into comics, but be like, hey, you need to read these 10 books, let alone if you actually like Marvel and DC, 
and you you have to choose between picking up one X Men book. That's not fair. Or one you know Batman book. That's absolutely like that's already fair. yeah that's already sucks enough. Let alone if you read out if you pick up X Men. And then you need to read New Mutants and X Force and Wolverine. And not all of them are good. And not all of them are good. Remember, remember how chafed we were about how bad X Force was last year? Like we we tuned out so fast, and we were you and I are totally all about X Force. Uh, Not X Force. like I said, I've been drinking. I always forget words when I'm drinking. Uh, Not X Factor. I know X Factor was bad. X Factor. X Factor was X Factor was bad. Um, Excalibur was all right if you were into fantasy. Like I just read it because Gambit was in it. Correct. Um, but yeah, like and that's the thing, because like you're 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 only you're almost like if you're into comics, unless you're reading everything, you're unfortunately you're guaranteed to miss some good stuff. Agreed. Like I hear Marauders was fabulous. I I never. Was, I never grabbed it because I never. If I got into it, it's another book I'm reading. Marauders was and was it's okay. A, it's a lot. Marauders was okay, but like to speak to uh, points you're making here is that if you only had a couple of bucks to spend uh, on comic books at the time Marauders was out, uh, you should have been spending your money on Hellions because that's where the meat and potatoes was. was great. That was phenomenal, and so we get Old Man Sinister here, and. I'm doing my best to keep up with as many X books as I can. We we've got big boy money. Like we spend a lot of money on comic books, but like sometimes it gets exhausting to read these books. Uh, on the other side of the coin, uh, if there's a killer crossover, and not just not just uh, and, and specifically crossover, um, yeah. X, X of Swords. There was like mm-hmm. twenty or more books for X of Swords. 24 or 26, something like that. 20, all of them were great. Every mm-hmm. single every single one was every bang for your buck. And I really appreciate the fact that you brought in the fact that, that the old school, the people that write in the books are, are our age. And absolutely, under no circumstances, am I ever going to uh, let any of them lie to me and say that they read all the books back in the day. No, you didn't. We were all scrambling yeah. for what books we got. And you're betraying your own kind, trying to tell us that in order to understand a story, you got to read all these separate books that we don't get a a full checklist on. At the very least, a checklist, and it's a storyline. And like, and to put it in perspective, I mean, like, okay, so like, let's say it's 1985. You're reading X Factor. You're reading X Men, and at the very least, classic X Men, Wolverine. If, if there's going to be a big story, they're going to give you a checklist. Here's what's going to happen. Here's the bang for your buck. 12 issues minimum. This story is going to be amazing. Inferno, Extinction Agenda. I mean, I can go on, but like, this is just, yeah. th- there's not a big X story going on right now. And you expect mm-hmm. us to keep in and keep out with books that aren't theoretically linked like give us a break give us the bang for yeah. our money. this is our freaking money we we want the product and, and yeah and and that's that's the thing too is like those those books you were mentioning like those crossovers were what maybe at most 12 issues agreed and and, and most three of out of nowadays freaking yeah 
and nowadays it's freaking you know like I said Exosaurs was 20 plus issues freaking uh you know Dark Web I didn't even realize I picked up the first issue just to freaking every single spider give it a try it's so exhausting already yeah, it's bad it's all the spider it's all it's Spider-Man it's freaking X-Men it's Ms. Marvel's involved in it and it's just like you, you like I'll pick up the main story maybe but like getting into getting it like every it's like every three months or so you're getting these huge you know these huge crossover books in some form or fashion or you're getting a freaking six issue mini series or a 12 issue maxi series and you know whatever whatever character happens to be getting a movie is going to get a new book yeah or all of a sudden and they it, look you know, like it, this like guy you said it gets yeah it gets exhausting give us the like, thing you just want to Give me something that I want to read on a month-to-month basis and freaking, you know, give me something I want to look forward to. You know, we got Nightwing 100 coming out this month. Ooh, can't wait. Freaking that, in theory, should be amazing. Freaking, we're building towards Flash 800 right now. Especially you when know, freaking, we want the product. Give us a reason yeah. to want it, and you're giving us reasons to get exhausted. Why? Why would you give us reasons to get exhausted? Yeah. Why, why would you no, give, give us... It, it's... it's give, them a reason, give us a reason to get invested in these stories. Like, freaking... That's one of the big things with, you know, Marvel that is kind of a pain to me personally is freaking the constant renumbering number ones. We talk like, about I want own. to pick Absolutely. up an issue 100. You know, I want to pick up X-Men 100. You know, I made it a whole goal last year to pick up every issue between 94 and 544 of the original run just so I could say, hey, I've got the Claremont run on. How you about know, and that was a task? It definitely was 100% of a task, but how about you know, what I play, I've got? Hmm? How about if I play devil's advocate when all the books are involved in each other that are recent? Not talking about Necrotia or Inferno, uh, where it's only 12. When all the books are involved, and every single one matters, Fear State. That Yeah, Fear State was super, that was super solid. We, we read every single, every single one of them. Like, the, like yeah. the, the story was so good, there was under no circumstances that we were going to miss, like, like, a day of our stories. Mm-hmm. And um, every single issue was bang for our buck. The artwork wasn't always the best, but it was always great. At least a solid 8 out of 10. And where we're complaining about, like, where these stories that are not, well, that are in- interconnected, that are not part of, like, some big you know, uh, huge movement in, in X storyline or whatever storyline. But if the story's good enough, like I said, we want the product. We will give you our money if it's good enough. And you and I have every single issue of Fear State. In fact, multiple, multiple issues of the same book. I've got like eight different versions of the first appearance of Miracle Wallet. That's because you're mildly obsessed, but that's that's you know that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But I've only got the one original, so. But we want the product. We're not we're not complaining that we're spending our money. We're complaining that we're spending our money on garbage. Yeah. 
or something that isn't worth the, I mean, like, you and I got big boy jobs, so, like, you know, like, it's not like one issue is half our, you know, hourly paycheck, um, yeah. but there's people out there that like comics that wanted to adjust the product that are getting this crap. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's one thing if it's like, you know, once a year you're getting these big crossovers going, but like, if you're doing, like I said, if they're freaking quarterly, then it's like, oh, you know, every three issues, I'm expected to pay for 12 issues. Correct. And then it's just, it's, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot to ask of anybody because freaking, you know, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of, you know, that adds up. You know, let alone if you've already got, you know, 15, 20 books you're picking up a month and then you're adding another 12 on top of that. We'll put the money in just make sure it's worth our while. We, like I said earlier, we're, we're not even going to... When I, like... If I go to a, the grocery store, I know pretty much what's in my pile. When I go to a comic store... Mm-hmm. Just tell me I get approved, because <laughs> I because I want everything here. I'm not leaving. Yeah. With, I'm not leaving without them. But uh, protect your protect your readers. Protect the people that want your product. That's all I got on that, man. Um, did did we even finish it? I mean, like uh, red. I mean, like like okay. No, we did not. Um, no, we we finished red. Yeah, we finished. We we just got we got off on a post red tangent. Post red tangent. Um, I gotta say that my favorite book of the week when it comes to artwork was 100% uh, Batman Incorporated number four. Um, it's not the best story. It's great. I mean, like, there's this is an action issue. This is like watching like, oh, yeah. 10 minutes of John Wick. Um, but it's no talking heads. The artwork is just to die for. Like so many different scenes, so many different use of lights and color, different color palettes, and uh, everyone's still looking the way they should. Uh, if you want to break it down in terms of like one of the hardest parts about writing and drawing a comic book is making sure they all look the same from one issue to another, which is one of the most extreme difficulties as an artist. Uh, but it's beautiful. The ships. The weapons, the way they move, the way they attack each other. Um, take point of this one, man, because uh, all I've got on this one is just how vibrant the violence was. Yeah. And we've got, you know, each member of Batman Incorporated is trying to save a teacher of Ghost Maker while at the same time they're getting just their, you know, they're getting their butts handed to them. And the whole the whole subplot also is that Ghostmaker had this this um, sidekick named Phantom One, who he thought had died, and turned out Phantom One was saved, and Phantom One is out for revenge because they left him there to die, and freaking. Now they're trying to make sure that that same fate doesn't happen to Clown Hunter, whether they mean it with the best of intentions or if they just want to hurt 
you know, um, her uh, ghost maker. Correct. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, at the end of the issue, freaking, you know, ghost maker's down and clown hunter with an even deadlier bat bat. You know, this one's now got, you no, know, we just had one battering in it originally. Now it looks like it's laced with barbed wire and it's laced with uh, the blades of axes and it's multiple blades. And we just have, you know, we have uh, freaking Phantom One over behind freaking Clown Hunter just saying like, kill Ghostmaker so you can find, so we can finally all be free. So, so we might get the death of Ghostmaker next issue or Clown Hunter will end up saving the day. The, the My takeaway from this issue, other than the artwork, was that I was not expecting... Ghostmaker's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. Um, I did not expect so early in the inception of Ghostmaker... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Clown, Clown Hunter uh, about how quickly he would be seduced by someone that would try to convince him that his sensei should not be his sensei and for it to be this violent that quick and for that much of a, a betrayal um especially when it comes to because we talked about this last night when we were just texting uh freaking trust bruce for some reason bruce yeah. trusts trust him to do this and it's gonna hurt to trust bruce don't get me wrong you're Many aspects are going to tell you that he is not out for your own well-being. And there's going to be some instances where you're absolutely going to want to run away or find a better sensei or freaking not put the work in. But I did not see the betrayal from uh, Clown Hunter this quickly to seduce uh, the kid to, you know, a different sensei that within a couple of hours is against someone that Bruce trusts, supposedly. Um, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, Clown Hunter wasn't with Batman all that long either. You know, that trust, that trust takes time. Yeah, but like, we already had the established trust that like, you know, Batman wanted to, you know, stop the Joker, which is what all Clown Hunter is all about. I mean, that's what he based his whole persona about. And to be seduced yeah. by... Uh, not seduced in like a odd way, uh, but for someone to try to convince him that like his sensei is out to hurt him or is using him, and for him to be so easily convinced that early uh, tells me two things: that he's not as mature as he should be and be part of Batman Inc., or this is a ruse. And that he still does trust him and that uh, he's only going along with a newbie here that hates uh, Ghostmaker only to figure out his flaws to help Ghostmaker. Yeah, it could possibly be, but I mean, I don't know. Uh, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to end up saving Ghostmaker, but I kind of... of course. I find the idea interesting to think about freaking what if he did just be head ghost maker right then and there. That That's just it. Yeah. That would be amazing. 
Actually, I agree with you on that one because that would uh, solidify uh, an aspect that don't trust this guy to stay around forever in comic books. Like, he's already dead. You loved him, he's gone. Sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe when we need money later, we'll bring him back and you'll be mad about it. But to end him that fast, that would be kind of cool. I, I totally see your point. Yeah. It. It'd, be, it'd be entertaining. It'd be different. And, like, if they took out Ghostmaker one way or the other, who would then lead Batman Inc.? So it's definitely a, an interesting thought process. It is 100%, man. And I got to say, I can't remember the last time I saw or read an issue where all the good guys got their butts handed to them on a platter so easily, so violently, so artistically well-illustrated. <laughs> And uh, so quickly, uh, like, and, and you know how much I hate those Hulk issues where it's just a, a battle. You know where to look. That didn't happen here. Yeah, that didn't happen here. <laughs> you, you were like, you, you saw every punch like happen. You know where to look. Uh, if you rewound, it was because you got distracted by the beauty of the art just sucking you in, not because you couldn't decipher what was going on. And mm-hmm. this is this was wonderful. This is one of the best action packs issues I've ever read in my life, man. This is this is great. Like, have some fun reading this Batman Incorporated, guys. You want to get back into Batman? They'll tell you where you're supposed to be at right at the beginning, and uh, have some freaking fun because <laughs> this is what this issue was. Yeah, no, I agree. It's the first time I've really gotten into Batman Incorporated, but it's. It's a solid read. Solid read, man. Um, that's what I got on that one. What do you got left? I got. That's all I got. I got Spawn. I mean, like, I can tell you about the Green World, uh, the betrayals, but, like, I, 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 I'm not just tired. It's just one of those things. It's like, what's happening right now, if I tell you, we're going to be on the phone for the next two hours. It's gonna. I gotta tell gotcha. you who these characters are. Mark, we gotta talk about Medieval, we gotta talk about Haunt, we gotta talk about Nyx coming back, we gotta talk about the Dead Zones, we gotta talk about possibility that Spawn might actually have the possibility to resurrect his dead wife. Um, uh, they, uh, the battle on Omega Island that went sideways, uh, we already talked mostly about that. This is a tweener issue. Um, I'm loving it because got really back in the spawn and every single week there's a new spawn issue whether it's the Scorched or King Spawn or Spawn but uh, I'm going to hold back on that one until something happens man because uh, right now it's one of those things that every issue something really big happens and it's not a cash grab but it's exciting and it develops characters and I want to talk about it when we kind of hit to, I want to hint to, I'm obviously going to always talk about Spawn, but, uh, I don't want to get into the full meat potatoes until, uh, we've got a story. Want meat and potatoes? Oh, I love some meat and potatoes. No, I want some impossible meat. I want to get that rat poison. You know, you know that impossible meat gives rats cancer and they don't eat it? No, yeah. I hadn't heard that. 
Yeah, yeah, it gives rats cancer. Um, look it up, minefielders. Uh, is it my turn or your turn? Because I am. Well, I think it's my turn. It's all I guess on this one, man. This is. Uh, sorry for the beta test, guys. Don't worry. Um, we'll figure it out by next issue. Probably have a new logo. Some extra, definitely some extra stuff, uh, visuals. We got new era pro wrestling coming up on March 11th. March 11th. Thank Bob. We got a venue and uh, we'll have some, of course, like uh, as always, great music, great wrestling, uh, all the little gimmicks we give you. The uh, and know, now with food and alcohol. Ah, uh, food and alcohol. You can't drink till afterwards. <laughs> oh, I won't do that, man. I'll have a, a shot or two just to. I was giving you. Oh, what I was trying to say was. Is that my friend? No. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. You gotta be on the level when you're in New Era, man. Yo, friends ain't allowed. You gotta be on the level. You gotta be on the level when you're in New Era, man. Because you, you, you gotta put out your, your best work, and we got the best wrestlers, we got the best producers, we got the best refs. And uh, I was telling Jeff today, I believe in what we do. I believe in what we do the way I believe in Pro Wrestling Gorilla before Bullet Club. Nice, nice. That's where you well, went. Speaking of which, what you would do. <laughs> this is minefields. This is dangerous. Transmission is over. By the t-shirts. Buy tickets March 13th, New Era. Wow. Kapah. Yeah.